Welcome back to another All About Jesus podcast. We got Brother Richard again for another teaching. Um, we've been sitting here today talking about strife that uh, happens um, in the business place, but in church, and uh, how we need to stop that and be very careful what we're um, what we're doing that we don't get drawn into uh, some kind of uh, argument with somebody that we need to keep Jesus um, first and um, not kill our witness, but any kind of strife among us and fellow believers. How are you doing this morning, Brother Richard? I'm doing good. Um, what was you gonna? What are you teaching on today? Well, I'm teaching on the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> you want to start us off in prayer? Okay. Father, we thank you for this day and the opportunity we have to come and to share again. Thank you, Lord, for taking our words that we minister, Father, and touching your people's hearts, touching anybody's heart that listens to this and hears it, Father. Lord, I just pray that it would be an encouragement and stir them in their walk with you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, last couple of times we talked about the importance of speaking in tongues, which comes from the Holy Spirit. And the Lord just kind of laid on my heart to go ahead and teach about the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit has a whole lot more functions than just the speaking in tongues, even though that is so important. Amen. And so we're going to start in we're going to start in the Old Testament. <laughs> okay. Hallelujah! <laughs> and we'll, we'll we'll move up through here. We're going to start in, in Genesis chapter. You meet the Holy Spirit in the second verse of the Bible. Hallelujah! Praise God! It, it says here that in the beginning, verse one, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form. And void and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, meaning he was sweeping back and forth over all that God had created, waiting on God to do, waiting on God to speak, uh -huh. waiting on God to say. And when God said it, then it went into be, light be, there it was. Amen. Now I believe, and, and th this is me, I believe the Holy Spirit's the agent. Or the one that carries out or manifests what God says. And so when God says, light be, light was, the Holy Spirit was moving in that. When God said, every time he said through there, he said that the Holy Spirit was moving and working in it. Because the Holy, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, all three had their place in creation. They all three worked in, in, in creation in the creative work there. And so that's where we're introduced to the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, how do we know that? Because we got it from the Bible. Amen. Well, there's the Koran and there's this book and there's that book that other, how you know theirs is not right? Well, I believe, and that's the whole key right there. You've got to believe that. You've got to believe this is the Word of God. Amen. You've got to accept it as the Word of God. And see, I, I accept the Bible as God speaking to me, God speaking to man, God speaking. It's God's Word. It's not man's Word. It's God's Word. And, and, and so God is revealing himself to us 
through his word. The Bible, some, people, some people teach that the Bible contains the word of God, which means it has the word of God in it, but it isn't all the word of God. No, the Bible doesn't contain the word of God. It is the word of God. True. It is God's word. Uh, now, obviously, everything spoken in the word of God is not God. For instance, where Lucifer said, I will exalt my throne above you, your throne, that wasn't God speaking. But God inspired the writers of the Bible to put that in there. So everything that's in here, although God may not have directly said it or spoke it, he wanted it in here, and he inspired the writers of the Bible to put it in there. Amen. You can read, you can read different kings, different people said what they said. They weren't God speaking, but that's what God wanted in here. And one of the amazing th- one of, one of the things that really helps me to know this is God doesn't cover things up. He just tells it all. True freedom. <laughs> he just tells everything. You know, we we look at King David, for instance. King David was King David would probably be considered one of the greatest, if not the greatest, king next to Jesus who's coming that Israel ever had. And yet, you read the Bible, you don't just read about all the good things David did. His little mess up, his little escapade with Bathsheba's in there. God puts the good, the ugly, and the bad. He doesn't hide anything. That's right. And it's there for our benefit. If, if you will read... In Paul, some of Paul's writings, he said, these are for your example. Well, I can go back here and read the life of David and see the good things that he did, and I can apply them to my life. Amen. But I can also see where he messed up, and I can avoid that by following God instead of him. I can see where he messed up. So God just tells it all. (laughs) With God, he's going to tell it all. He's not going to hide anything or hold anything. He's not going to try to make anybody look good. Yeah, David really gives a lot of us hope. Amen. For uh, making some mistakes, but the Lord forgave him, and he um, just a true example of uh, when you do mess up, if you repent, uh, the Lord draws you right back in and still loves you just the same. And that that is that is so good because we're going to look here in a moment about two different men in the Bible and what, how they responded to their mess ups. But uh, David, thank God, he responded. He repented when when, when I, I think it's beautiful the way the Holy Spirit wrapped that and gave it to Nathan. Mm-hmm. He didn't just have Nathan go in there and say, David, you sinned, you sinned. You shouldn't have took Bathsheba as your wife. He goes and has him, he has him tell a story about a man in his kingdom who has one little lamb and this other guy who's rich and has everything that he needed. And so... Instead of using what he had, this rich man stole 
the poor man's lamb. And when Nathan got telling the story, David was infuriated. I mean, he's got to give back so much and bring him before me. We're going to settle this issue with him. And then Nathan says, you're the man, David. (laughs) And instantly, instantly, David's heart smote him. Oh, God, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against you and repented. Thank God. Hallelujah. But, but, but the way God brought it about. Don't you think it's funny, though, that David didn't realize that until Nathan came and told him that? Well, l- listen, he was trying, he was, he was pulling, he was doing until he was actually confronted. He was doing what everybody else tries to do. Or a lot of people try to do, cover it up. Listen, he looks on Bathsheba and he lusts. Mm-hmm. He brings her to his house. And then he has the affair with her. She gets pregnant, she conceives. And so he calls her husband home in order to get him to go home to his wife and everything would be covered because the child would look like it was Uriah's child. Mm -hmm. Well, Uriah didn't cooperate. And so David tries again. He even gets the man drunk and tries to send him home, but he won't go. Because in this instance, Uriah is being more righteous than David was. Right, And so eventually, because of all that, he had to send (laughs) Uriah to the front line, got him killed, got rid of him. Now Bathsheba comes to him, and everything's covered up. They had a child. Big deal. It's all covered up. Mm -hmm. See, David tried to cover the whole thing the whole way, and that's why God had to confront him and deal with him directly like that. Because he was covering, he he was doing his best to cover it up. Yeah, he was under a lot of conviction then. And yes, he was by the fact he's covering up. He knew he was wrong. Yeah. Because you don't try to cover up something you don't think you're wrong in. He just didn't realize that. I guess like us, we just sometimes realize we're covering it up where you can't see it, but God can still right. see it. And thank God He does see it. And thank God He broke through with Nathan to David. Yeah, as soon as he knew he was what he had done, he instantly repented. I mean, he didn't take him long to. He didn't hum all around about God. I'm guilty, and I sinned against you. Yep. It was just that quick and that fast. Yep. Praise God, Hallelujah. Kind of like us, though. I wish sometimes we'd repent quicker before it has to lead into. Amen. What he had done to you, you see his husband. God is so gracious. He will deal with you however he can deal with you to bring him back. Mm -hmm. And sometimes things come to the point where they get exposed in front of everybody. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not God's way. That's not what God's wanting. If you would have dealt with this back here when he started dealing with you, that would have never happened. Yep. And so he, he tries to bring us to our senses before it gets that far. But 
Yep. But then on the other hand with David, David did his out openly, and so what happened to David happened openly too. And one of the things that we need to we need to watch about David is this that yes, God forgave him for his sin, but there were still consequences that he and the nation of Israel suffered because of that sin. Right. And sometimes a person can go out here and break the law, commit a crime, and they go to jail for it. They get saved in jail. Well, you know, God forgives them, and as far as God's concerned, it's took care of. But in society, there's still consequences for what you did. Yeah, just like my own life, even though you, um, you know, the people that you hurt, then they'll kind of have a, you know, they're still struggling, which affects you. So you just don't get to do whatever you want to and repent and forgive and everything is forgotten. You still got to deal with the consequences of that and the pain off of somebody else is worse than sometimes it's when the conviction's on you, just dealing through that and not knowing what's going on. So um, you can't just do whatever you want to and all be <laughs> forgetting and forgotten, that's for sure. Right, right, right. Well... The thing of it is we've got to understand that when we sin, even though it affects other people, it's against God. Right. All sin is against God. And that's where we first got to acknowledge this with God and what yep. we've done with him and with dealing with him. I probably struggled with that for a long time, not really realizing the effect that it had on God, you know, with the effect you'd have on other people or yourself. You get kind of dwelling on that, but really... The sin was against the Lord, and when you can realize that, then that stops you from doing it. Right, right, right. Well, the Holy Spirit operated in the Old Testament, but he operated different than we know it today. Yep. Because today we know that the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells his people, whereas in the Old Testament he would come on them, and he would anoint them or whatever for the specific task that they had to do at whatever point, and then he would go. Or he anointed judges. There's Gideon. The Spirit of God would come on Gideon, and he would do what he did. And other judges, the Spirit of God would come on them to judge the people and to judge the nation and to lead the nation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like as you read the book of Judges, it gets kind of, it gets kind of heavy because one minute they're serving God and the next minute they're about to serve him Baal. One minute God raises somebody up and delivers them from the Philistines and the next minute you know they've rebelled against God and they're back under the hand of the enemy. Mm-hmm. Back and forth like that. Well, when God raised up that judge, the Spirit of God was upon that judge as he was leading and, and working with the people. And... uh one of them, and I'm going to run this this way because this is what I want us to see. One of the judges was Samuel. Now, we all know the story of Samuel, and I'll say this here at the beginning, uh, because he got his hair cut, he lost his strength. Well, his strength wasn't in his hair. That was a vow he took, and that vow, the reason he lost his strength was because he violated his vow and had his hair cut. 
But the Bible talks about how the Spirit of God would come upon him. He'd do things like, well, for one instance, he picked up the whole they they had him trapped, but he just picked up the city walls and walked out with it. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine that? He didn't do that because he had long hair. He didn't do that in his own strength. That was the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on. One, other, one other time, his, his own people, they promised they wouldn't come against him but because of the trouble. They looked at him as the troublemaker because if he wasn't around, they wouldn't be having trouble with the Philistines. Yeah. Well, if they tied him up and they bound him in all these cords, well, the Bible says the Holy Spirit come up on him, and when the Holy Spirit came on him, he just broke those cords like they were string and just slew the enemy. And so the Holy Spirit would come on them to do whatever it was God wanted them to do. And then it would go away. Now, here's what I want to share here in this. Uh, Samuel, or, or Samson failed. Yep. He got himself into a mess with Delilah. And he had his hair cut. He finally got down in where... He actually told the secret of his strength and got his hair cut, which that didn't cause him to lose his strength because it says when he rose up after she cut her hair, he didn't know the spirit of the Lord had departed. He didn't know the Lord had departed from him. Mm-hmm. Well, the Lord departed as the spirit left because he, rebe- he, he disobeyed. He broke his vow. And besides being in this relationship with this prostitute. And so there he is. He ends up getting his eyes burnt out and all of that. And then uh, it says his hair begins to grow again. And this is what you got to, again, his strength wasn't in his hair. But here he is. He has this child guide him to the pillars when they was having their big celebration, celebrating his defeat and Jehovah's defeat because they had won the war and they were worshiping their God and they were exalting their God. And and so he has this child put him between two pillars and he, he puts his arms around these pillars that's holding up this huge stadium filled packed full. And he says, Lord, remember me one more time. Amen. And what happened? Strength surged through his body. The spirit came upon him and he brought it down. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's good. That I can go on to a king. Because, you see, the kings were anointed by the Spirit, too. The Spirit would come on them to anoint them to carry out the job of leading the people. And Saul was one of those kings. And the Bible said one place the Spirit of God came on him, and he prophesied. And his heart was changed. And, and, And you read the story of Saul. He was a humble man to start with. I mean... And, and, and when Samuel's dealing with him in the end there, after he got into rebellion, Samuel, he, he told him, he said, when you were young, 
you are small in your own eyes. But you got this position. How many people does it happen to? God started moving, and you started getting some victories, and you got into pride. And what did he do? He offered an offering he had no business offering. He wasn't in the position. It was Samuel's job, and he is king in disobedience to God offering that offering. Well, that got him off on the wrong foot right there. He thought he could enter in and do somebody else's job. It'd be like me being a teacher thinking I could do the pastor's job, stepping in and trying to be the pastor. That's what he did. And so he goes on down here, and time passes, and then God tells him what to do with this enemy, wipe them all out, get rid of everything, and he saves everything. Now, here's what I want you to notice is, at this point, God removed the spirit from, took God took the kingdom from him, and it says the Spirit of God departed from him. Mm-hmm. And this is what I'm going to bring two guys up, Samson and Saul. What did they do? Well, they were both anointed by the Holy Spirit and had the Holy Spirit. They both disobeyed God and got into a mess. Samuel said, Lord, remember me one more time. He won that victory. You read the book of Hebrews chapter 11. His name is listed in the heroes of faith. What did Saul do when he was confronted? He made excuses. Mm-hmm. Well, the people wanted this. Well, we kept the best offer to the Lord. This and that. He, he made excuses. And, and, and the spirit of the Lord left him departed from him and in the end when he turned to a witch in the end right before his death his name isn't in the book of hebrews chapter 11 mm-hmm. he's not recorded as a hero Hallelujah. both these men and simply because of the way they responded to things right saul could have just lord i'm guilty i'm sorry i repent of it But no, he made excuses. Folks, this is what tells us. When you mess up, don't run from God and don't make excuses. Just acknowledge you're wrong and repent and go on with God. Hallelujah. Just like David did. Just like Samson did. Saul, he got caught up in strife. He got caught up in strife. He got... He... And it's all because... He wouldn't acknowledge he was wrong. Yep. All because he wouldn't acknowledge it. But here, here back, back to what we we're talking about, the Holy Spirit was on them and came, came upon them. Uh, David was anointed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was on him. The prophets, they prophesied and spoke by the Holy Spirit. All those, the, 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 when the, the prophets spoke, well, well let, let's go back here. I really jumped ahead. Let, let's go back here to, to the Word of God. Th- this is God's Word. Okay, go back, back here with me to Second uh, Timothy. Second uh, Timothy. Maybe First Timothy. 
Second uh, Timothy chapter three, verse sixteen. It, it, it's uh, fifteen. It says here. And that from a child, Paul's talking to Timothy, from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith that is in Jesus Christ. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture is God-breathed. Back to what we were talking about earlier. This is God's word because he inspired it. Amen. He breathed it. He uh, when he speaks, it's the way it is. When he says he wants something in, it gets in there. Right. And all Scripture, now notice this, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, all of it. Not just your favorite Scriptures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not just the good stuff that you want to be blessed with. All of it's profitable. If we would take heed to the warnings, it would be profitable to us. Amen. If we would follow the examples, it would be profitable to us. It's profitable for doctrine, to teach, to learn, to establish things. It's profitable to reprove, to correct people. The Bible, you you correct them with the Bible. It's profitable to instruct people how to live. Why? Because it all comes from God. Amen. It's all given to us by God. Now we go over here and we see how it happens. And first, listen, folks, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, those that wrote the Gospels, Paul, he wrote his epistles. It wasn't them giving man thoughts and wisdom. The Bible says here in 2 Peter chapter 1, uh, verse 15 and 16, or 15, or verse 21, excuse me. For this prophecy, or the prophecy, came not in old times, by the will of man. In other words, they didn't, man didn't determine what was going to be in this book. Mm-hmm. But holy men of God spake as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. What they put in here was what God inspired and what the Holy Spirit told them to put in here. That's why you have the whole story of David. He told God to put it in there. And he told uh, the writer to put it in there. That's why you have the, the stories, all, all the Bible. You have it because God moved on the writer as the Holy Spirit moved on them mm-hmm. through the Holy Spirit and they wrote. You go back to the prophets in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon them and they would speak. And they would speak by the Spirit of God and, and prophesy future events yep. and things. The birth of Jesus is prophesied in here. And it's exact the way it happened. Listen, folks, you can go back to the Word of God. And you can read it. And you can see time after time after time, God said this is going to happen. And down the road, this happened. 
Right. If God said it, it's going to happen. And the only thing that can stop it is if God changes it. And mainly the only time that God changes it is when he has spoken judgment on somebody and they repent. Now, if he's... Look, look, look at Assyria, not, not Jonah, when he went to Assyria. Mm-hmm. He went in there proclaiming judgment. Judgment's going to come in I don't know how many days. It's coming. He didn't even give them an opportunity for mercy. He didn't say anything about repenting. He said, judgment's coming. Mm-hmm. But from the king to the least, they repented. And God changed and didn't judge him. Now, later on, after that generation was gone, they got back into the same mess, and God brought judgment on them. Yeah. So when God speaks that it's going to be, when God says that that's the way it's going to be, the prophecies that today, there's prophecies being fulfilled today. And there's prophecies that are going to be fulfilled in the future. And you can count it down. They're going to be for, hey, folks, Jesus is coming back. Amen. Jesus is coming back for his church. Jesus himself said, I'm going away to prepare for you. In my father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. When that place is prepared, Jesus is coming back to get his church and take it to be with him. Hallelujah. Amen. That, <laughs> folks, that, that, that's a promise, but that's a word that's going to take place. Everything that talks about the great tribulation, it's coming. Amen. It's coming, folks. It's coming. And it can't be changed because God said it. And that's how God's dealing with humanity, people that don't receive him. And so and it's by the Holy Spirit that these things are given to the, were given to the prophets. Uh the book of Revelation, and I'm not going to get into that, so don't worry. <laughs> but it says, John said himself, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And then the book of Revelation came to him. It was by the Spirit that he got that, yep. by the Holy Spirit that he received that. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yeah. So God speaks and moves in the Old Testament, through his servants in a way that we don't comprehend and understand because we understand the Holy Spirit's with us and with us forever, and he's on the inside. He didn't operate that way back then because he couldn't operate back then. You see, until Jesus came and died on the cross and paid the sin debt, the Holy Spirit couldn't enter into man. He could come on them. He could be with them. He could dwell with them for whatever period of time to do what God's called them to do. But then he would go on. Aren't you glad he don't come and go today? Amen. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that we have that promise he's there? Do you know people, listen, folks, Jesus is with us by the Holy Spirit. We know Jesus is up in heaven. The Bible says so. He's at the right hand of the Father. He's making intercession for us, but he's with us through his Holy Spirit, whom he sent back to take his place for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. He, he, he said, listen, I'm not leaving you. One translation said, I'm not leaving you as orphans. I'm going away, but it's for your benefit. Can you, can you imagine Peter and John and all the disciples, they're sitting there and Jesus is telling them they're going away and he's going away, but it's for their benefit. And they're sitting there, yeah, right. <laughs> You're supposed to kingdom, set up your kingdom, sir. We're expecting you to do something now. Yeah. Because you listen, all the disciples, they, they accepted Jesus. They believed in Jesus. Hallelujah. But they, in their own minds, they were thinking of now, immediate, that he's going to set up his kingdom right now. That's how we think right now. Right. <laughs> and when he started talking about going to the cross, and when he started, it shook them. I mean, it, it, it literally shook them. And, and so we, we, we come into this time where Jesus is in the earth. Now remember, Jesus was God and Jesus was man. And I want to put it this way so you get it clear. And both sides need to be preached and taught. Some emphasize Jesus is the man filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, that man was filled with the Holy Ghost was God. And some emphasize he's God. Well, that person that was God was 100% man too. Amen. He was both. And the Bible tells us that at the baptism of Jesus, and now listen to this, at the baptism of Jesus, when John baptized him in water, when he come up out of the water, the Spirit descended down upon him like a dove. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, the Spirit come on Jesus like a dove. You said, well, why did the Spirit come on Jesus? He's God, because he's man too. As God, he didn't need the Holy Spirit, but as a man, he did. Amen. Did you hear me? As God, Jesus did not need the Holy Spirit, but he was not just God. He was 100% man, and as a man, he needed the Holy Spirit. Just like we do. Amen, just like we do. And over in Acts chapter 10, 38, it says how God, and listen, folks, Jesus did no miracle as God to prove he was God. That'll shock. That'll get some reaction from people. Hmm. It says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. It's God. He didn't need the Holy Ghost. He got to just zap. Mm -hmm. You're done. But as a man, and see, this is, the, this is the thing that's so exciting, and this is the thing we got to get and understand. He did it as a man filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. What are you? What am I? We're a man. We're men. We're women. We're human beings. We're, we're just like he was in that 100% that he was a man. And so he went about doing, listen, if he, would have done those, if he would have done those works as God, you and I couldn't do them. Did you hear me? If he would have healed as God, you and I couldn't have done it. Because we're not God. 
But he did it as a man filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And then he turns around and he says, I'm sending you and I'm giving you the Holy Ghost. The same Holy Ghost that was on Jesus, he sent back to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then he said, now, in John 14, 12, I believe it is, he said, the same works that I do, you will do also. And greater works will you do because I go to the Father. Well, when he went to the Father, he sent the Holy Spirit back. And we can do the works that he did and greater because the Holy Spirit that he sent back. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so Jesus was anointed. As a man, he was anointed of the Holy Ghost. And see, this is something that you got to understand and, you know, we're never going to understand all about God. Mm-hmm. But, yes, when Jesus healed the sick, he was God. But he was healing the sick as a man filled with the Holy Ghost. Because he's 100% man and 100% God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I know my life has been changed since I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Just a lot of times, like we've talked before, with the the strife, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you you just don't have the desire to <clears throat> do that anymore. A lot of the mistakes I'd made in my past, now that you're filled with the Holy Spirit, them are taken from you. Um, your life is just completely changed after you get baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire, and because uh, it gives you perseverance, it guides you, it convicts you, and it just uh, keeps you on the right track. So. Yeah. Um, praise God for the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, we'd be done. Right. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> that's why you sent the Holy Spirit back. You and I cannot live in this world by ourselves. You know, I could accept Jesus. I could ask Jesus in the mind, but if there's no Holy Spirit, to come in, there's it's going to be nothing. I, you, I, nobody can face this world without the Holy Spirit. Without, I, back during COVID, I, I would think, man, how in the world do people make it that don't know God, that don't have the Holy Spirit, that don't have God to lean on and God to ter- turn to? Well, they don't, but... And so, you know, praise God, we have him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so Jesus told his disciples, hey, I'm going away and it's a good thing for you. (laughs) And so let's go over here. to. First of all, I I want us to look at the Holy Spirit in the world because the world can't receive the Holy Spirit. World can't have the Holy Spirit. Let's go to John chapter uh, 14. In John chapter 14, Jesus gives us this. He says, verse 16, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter. That word comforter means he comes along beside you for whatever you need. 
Mm-hmm. He's your comforter. He's your wisdom. He's your strength. Uh, he's your uh, how to pray. He, that's what he's there for. And he will abide with you forever. This is what they didn't have in the Old Testament. This is why it's different. The Holy Spirit would come on them to do what they had to do. But when he comes on you and me, he's here to abide. He comes inside. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. Even the spirit of truth. Now, here it is. Even the spirit of truth that the world cannot receive. Let me give you a caution. Make sure when you're ministering to people concerning the baptism of the Holy Ghost, make sure they're saved first. Yeah. (laughs) Make sure they have asked Jesus into their heart. The world cannot receive because it doesn't see him and it doesn't know him. But, now listen to this, you know him. Okay, the Holy Spirit hasn't come back, but Jesus says, you know him. How did they know him? By watching Jesus, by seeing him work in Jesus' life, by seeing what he did in Jesus' life. He says, you know him, and he dwells with you. The Holy Spirit, when Jesus sent his disciples out to do the work of the ministry, the Holy Spirit was with them. He went with them everywhere they went. He was with them. But then he says, uh, and shall be in you. There's a day coming. He's not just going to be with you. He's going to be in you. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. The day's coming, Peter. He's not just going to be with you. He's going to be in you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. He's not going to come and go. He's not going to be here for a while and then go on his way. He's going to abide. He's going. You are going to be the house of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? Listen, listen, listen. Peter said, what, Paul said, what, know ye not that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit? Listen, folks, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You need to take care of that temple. Amen. You need to keep that temple out of sin. You need to keep that temple out of the world. You need to keep that temple to the Holy Spirit and the presence of God. It's comfortable in you. Word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, uh, th- th- this is going to come like you can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can quench the Holy Spirit. You can do things that the Holy Spirit doesn't like. Now, is he going to take off and exit? No, but he's going to be mightily uncomfortable in there. And if you continue down that road and don't take care of things, you can cross a line where God will say enough. But hallelujah, think of that. Uh, You know, sometimes you you say things and you wonder, uh, do people get it right? But, 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 you know, he doesn't leave when you fail. He doesn't leave when you make a mistake. He's there trying to pick you up. He convicts you. He points you back to the Father. Get back where you belong. Amen. Hallelujah. Get up. Listen, folks, there's no, listen, there's no failures in God. But, 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 but I failed. Not if you got back up. Not if you got back up and repented and went on with God, you didn't fail. 
The only failure is if you quit, then you become a failure. Yeah. If you stop, then you become a failure. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit's there with us. Hallelujah. Inside us. Glory to God. And he's there to, to walk with us through whatever we have to go through. But the world can't have him. The world doesn't have him. That's right. Now, here's his... Here's, here's how he operates in the world. I love this. I, I'll, I'll try to bring this down. But he, he, here's how he operates with the world. John 16, verses 8 and 9. And when he, speaking of the Holy Spirit, comes... He will reprove or convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Now listen to this. Of sin because they believe not. In other words, when when the world's out here in sin, God's convicting them. The Holy Spirit's convicting them. The Holy Spirit, you're wrong, you're wrong. You need to change. You need to come to God. Amen. You need to repent and get right with God. He convicts them, and he convicts them, and, and he can, keeps convicting because you're sinning against God. That's what that sin is. But you don't believe it. And so that conviction there. He, 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 he convicts the world of sin, of righteousness. What's that mean? That means the only righteousness you have and can have is through Jesus Christ. All you religious Pharisees, here we go, all you religious Pharisees out there today, your righteousness isn't in what you do. You're, you, you can live a good, holy, upright, moral life, but yet that means nothing to God. Your righteousness is in Jesus Christ, and the only way you get it is by faith in Jesus Christ. You don't get it by what you do. Amen. Now, once you have that righteousness, we are to live it out in this world. It brings a change in our life. In other words, we're not going to live like we used to live. Hallelujah. But I didn't get saved because I quit living wrong. I quit living wrong because I got saved. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So he, he convicts us of, of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Now get this. He convicts of judgment because the prince of this world's already been judged. And the same judgment that Satan gets, which is the lake of fire, every person that does not receive Jesus Christ is going to get that same punishment, the lake of fire. And you're being convicted of that. You're, God's trying to show you that through the whole. That's, that's the work of the Holy Spirit with the world. It's to get them to God. It's to get them to Jesus. It's to get them where they belong. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, that will get to kind of reactions. (laughs) You have, let's let's go to Acts chapter uh, 6. I want you to notice some things here. And think that, well, let, let me just read this first. Acts chapter 6, we'll begin with verse 8. And it says that Stephen 
full of faith and power, did great wonders among, and miracles among the people. And then it goes on down here to verse 10. There's a bunch of people that didn't like it. I'm so, there's a bunch of people that won't like miracles taking place. Yeah, that's for sure. There's a bunch of people that won't like people getting healed. There's a bunch of people, I'm sorry, they won't like people getting saved. And so they rise up and come against you. Now, here's what happened. Listen to this. I love this. It says he's preaching there, and they rise up against him, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the, whole, the spirit by which he spake. They, they couldn't resist it. There was nothing to say. You can't, you can't resist it. He's telling the truth. They can't say that ain't true. Right. (laughs) (laughs) What do you do? What do you do? And so, you know, they just get more disturbed. They get more messed up. And so now they rise the people up against him. Mm -hmm. This is one of the reactions you get when you preach the Holy Spirit and he begins convicting people. They don't want to change. They don't want what you've got. And so they rise up and start coming against you. And listen to me. It's already going on in America, and it will continue and get worse. But the church has got to be just like Stephen, just like Peter, just like the apostles of old, just like the early church, and continue to stand up and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and some will get saved. Hallelujah. Multitudes will get saved. They will get delivered. They will get set free, regardless of what the devil, the world, or anybody else wants. Right. It'll happen. But you will be opposed. And in some instances, it happens all the time, all over the world. Some people lay down their life for preaching the gospel and refusing to recant. They get killed as a martyr. Hallelujah. You say, brother, is that going to happen in America? Well, it could. Right. I mean, listen, I don't have time to go there. But, but. One of the one of the things that's going on with all this, whether you believe it or not, you better believe it. One of the things that's going on with people being took off Twitter and and, and uh, trying to silence your speech, it's designed to come against the church because they're wanting to shut the church up. There's people, there's people out there that would have you in jail today if they could. That's right. That, that they do not want this message going forth. That's why they try to intimidate you when you stand up and try to talk about homosexuality or other sins. That's why they, they come against you so strong when you're standing against abortion and stuff like and things like that. Because you're bringing light on their evil, and they're convicted, but they don't want to change. No, they don't want to. And so, here you are. Stephen preaches a message. They can't resist what he's saying, and they get everybody together against him. And, and, and listen, to, listen to me, folks. Understand this. 
When you are sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with somebody under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, you're not ministering to head. It's not intellectual. It's going to the heart. The Holy Spirit, that is the job of the Holy Spirit to take that word that you're speaking. It's the job of the Holy Spirit this afternoon to take this word that I'm speaking and minister to the heart of people. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's what was, the, it, it says they were sticking their fingers in their ears. So they, could, so they couldn't hear him. But the problem was, it wasn't these ears that were hearing. It's their hearts that were smiting them. It says they were pricked in their hearts. Their hearts were, were, were touched and pricked by God by the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And okay. so they started throwing stones at him. Well, we're going to have to shut him up. They couldn't resist him, so they had to shut him up. Yep. And that's one of the responses. Yep. To the conviction of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> she said, I don't want to be on the end of that. No, I don't. But <laughs> understand this, though. The Holy Spirit was with Stephen through all he went through. Look what he saw. Look, look, look. He said, I see the heavens open. Well, that really made him mad. Yep. Hallelujah. And it said, he, it said, he, he looked like an angel, it says. And he saw Jesus standing up, hallelujah, at the right hand of the Father, standing up to welcome his servant home. Ooh. Wow. Don't you want to have a homecoming like that? Get Jesus up off his throne to come to welcome you at the door. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Well, see, they, they couldn't resist what he was because he was speaking by the Spirit of God. Now, folks, I'm going to tell you, this doesn't come through your speaking through your intellect. This doesn't come through your speaking through your knowledge. It comes through the Holy Spirit as you speak under the anointing and the unction of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It deals with hearts. And the next reaction, and, and, and we'll, we'll end this with this, the next reaction is on the day of Pentecost. Such a turn. And I know this happened before. Before Stephen, such a difference. Peter's standing up there on the day of Pentecost. He's preaching. He's telling them, no, 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 these people ain't drunk. This is what Joel the prophet prophesied. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He's poured his spirit out on us. Mm. Preached his message on what they did to Jesus. I mean, listen, folks, he didn't pull no punches. He said, you did it. You, by your wicked hand, crucified the Lord of glory. And you'd have thought that would have made some people mad. Well, it probably did. But there was 3,000 people there that heard him that day that fell on their knees in repentance and got added to the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because the Spirit of God was speaking through them. Amen. And we want to be sure, as believers, as ministers of the gospel, we want to be sure when we're sharing with people that we are spending time with God and that when we speak, God's speaking through us. Amen. And it's not just us. Because, folks, if I'm just speaking of on my own, it's not going to help anybody. Right. But it's when the Spirit of God is the one speaking. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Brother Richard. What a powerful message today. Um, we'll close in prayer and be back next week. Amen.
Father, Lord, we just come to you and we just uh, thank you for the Holy Spirit. We just thank you for just filling us, dear God, and just giving us the um, this power on earth, dear God. I thank you for opening up all the gifts, dear Lord, and, our, and just opening up our minds and our hearts, dear God. I just pray and thank you for speaking through us, dear God. We pray to never be in your road, dear Lord. We pray just to be vessels for you, dear God, just uh, um, just doing as you'd want us to do, dear God. I just thank you for... Um, what you have done in uh, our lives, dear God. And we just pray for all the people listening today, dear God. We pray the Holy Spirit will just fall upon them, dear Lord, and they'll just be uh, filled, dear God, where it's just pouring out of them, dear Lord, and they cannot deny it. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.